0: Alright Miami, the storm has passed, Miami is still standing, and finally, this weekend we are going to get our first taste of Miami Dolphins football, thank you to Bad Bruno for our intro, my name is Aaron the Brain, not joined by my brother from the exact same mother, uh, amplified to Rock, otherwise known as Josh. He's feeling under the weather today, so I am at the helm by myself. So we'll see how this goes. Should be an interesting show as we embark on this 2017 season, a week later than we expected. Of course, due to Hurricane Irma, which uh, did a, a bit of ravaging uh, in our home state of Florida really ravaged the Keys and the southern west coast uh, in Naples. So prayers go out to all those affected by Hurricane Irma. Uh, It was a very, very serious storm. Um, Granted, it could have been far worse for a while there. It looked like it was going to be a Category 5 storm that made its way ashore pretty much directly over the center of the southern tip of the peninsula, uh, it ended up going a bit over Cuba and weakening a little bit, and then uh, eventually making its landfall up around Key West, and then again in Naples on the mainland. Uh, certainly did a lot of damage, though, uh, but could have been much worse, so nonetheless feeling, feeling a little bit lucky, feeling blessed at this moment to be here with you guys uh, just to share a little bit of what I'm going through. Uh, it was a crazy week. Uh, you know, the storm came through on Sunday and uh, knocked out all of our power, and so we were without power for a few days. Just finally came on two days ago. Came on Wednesday late afternoon as we record this, or I record this now on Friday morning. So. Finally, have had power and air conditioning for a day and a half. Thank goodness for that, because uh, one thing you do not want to do is be in South Florida in the summertime, and I know it's September, but the summertime in Florida is basically April to late October. So we're still in the midst of summer. It's still 94 degrees and humid every day, and to be without air conditioning is... It can be brutal down here. So thank goodness we got our air back. Um, didn't sustain major damage in our area. So we're again, we're, we're feeling blessed and feeling lucky to be here and, and just be able to record this show, uh, and bring it to you today. But enough of the, the hurricane talk. We're here to talk about some football and specifically some Miami Dolphins football. So obviously the week one game. Uh, supposed to be the home opener against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That didn't happen. It got postponed. The Dolphins uh, and Bucks will make that up at their originally scheduled bye week uh, in week 11. So both teams have their bye week in week one, which means 16 consecutive weeks of football for both the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Miami Dolphins. That can be a daunting task, but you take it one week at a time and maybe a little bit of a blessing in disguise at least here at the beginning of the season as the dolphins will now open their season up in LA against the chargers and now get a basically you know coming off of a bye week against a chargers team that played on Monday night and now has a short week to prepare and in addition to having the short week, the Chargers have no film on the Dolphins to go on other than last year's film and what little they saw out of the Dolphins starters in the preseason in very vanilla, uh, packages and, you know, not showing very much, which is the, the norm for the postseason. Whereas the Dolphins have a whole game of film on the San Diego Chargers. But we'll get more into that breakdown, uh, in just a little bit. As that is the week one game, the Dolphins at the Chargers. First, we're gonna look back at what the Chargers did last week. Uh coming off of their Monday night loss to the Denver Broncos. This was a team uh that had high hopes, uh, still obviously has high hopes despite the week one loss. Uh, last year and really the year before, a team really ravaged by injuries, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um and, you know, still managed to be, you know, a decent team, but just not really a playoff caliber team. But this year, fully healthy. Seems like they've got their wide receivers, specifically Keenan Allen, healthy and ready to go. He looked good on Monday night. Phillip Rivers was doing his thing. I just, I'm not sold on this team's defense. Uh Every year you hear, oh, San Diego has kind of an underrated defense and you know here we are one week into the season they play a denver team a team not noted for having a very good offense in fact an offense that was you know in the bottom third of the league uh last season and through three quarters of that game that monday night game the denver broncos completely dominated uh the the san diego or i'm sorry the la chargers i'm sure i will call them the san diego chargers on more than one occasion still getting used To them playing in Los Angeles. I'm sure even their own fans uh, still probably call them the San Diego Chargers from time to time, but I digress. Uh, That was a game that Denver totally in control of for really the vast majority of the game. And if not for a couple of turnovers and a missed field goal, that's not even a close game. But San Diego, I'm sorry, Los Angeles, there I go again. I'll probably, it will probably take me the entire season to stop calling this team the Los Angeles, or stop calling this team the San Diego Chargers. Maybe I'll just use it interchangeably like I just did there, LA and San Diego. It took me a whole year with the Rams last year, and now I'm going through the same thing with, with the Chargers. I can't wait to start doing it with the Raiders in a couple of years when they move to Vegas. Uh, but basically, uh, Yeah, thanks to a couple of turnovers and one on a really questionable like non-call on what should have been a pass interference. San Diego retook the momentum down 24-7 going into the fourth quarter, made it 24-21, and actually had a 44-yard field goal attempt to try to tie the game against the Denver Broncos, had it blocked, and thus they start the season 0-1. So what did we really take out of that game uh, where, uh, as it concerns to the Miami Dolphins in this upcoming game. Well, I thought that San Diego looked like San Diego. I'm sorry. LA looked like LA. The Chargers looked like the Chargers. Let's put it that way. Uh, basically, Philip Rivers, uh, he's still slinging it. Melvin Gordon looks really good. The offensive line had some difficulty opening up holes for him in the ground game. Melvin Gordon had some, you know, had a couple of nice runs, but did most of his damage on the ground on on two fairly long runs. And other than that, was bottled up. So he did most of his damage, actually, in the passing game. And this is what concerns me coming into this game. We know, we've talked about it uh, at length, the Dolphins' woes at linebacker. Well, the linebackers are mostly going to be responsible for bottling up Melvin Gordon in the passing game and not just Melvin Gordon that I saw a lot of crossing routes, whether it was Tyrell Williams or Keenan Allen coming across the middle of the field. Philip Rivers loves to use the middle of the field. He's got a couple of good tight ends in Antonio Gates and, uh, and Hunter Henry, uh, both of whom are very capable of receiving the, uh, of receiving the ball and working the middle of the field. So the middle of the field and that battle for the middle of the field when San Diego has the ball, that's really going to be key. Um, and how the Dolphins deal with it will be an interesting chess match. Um, the way I see it, I think the Dolphins have to at least come out in this game expecting, uh, expecting the Chargers to really attack that with their passing game, with Melvin Gordon, with Keenan Allen, with Antonio Gates and and Hunter Henry uh, crossing routes across the middle of the field, halfback option routes. I really expect that to be the game plan. And so you wonder with with the Dolphins probably not feeling terribly comfortable with their linebacking core in coverage. I mean, you may see uh, whether it's, uh, Kiko Alonzo or maybe Lawrence Timmons, maybe they shadow, uh, Melvin Gordon a little bit and, uh, you know, kind of try to hide Mike Hall, who will most likely get the start at middle linebacker. Dolphins, uh, still saying that Ray Maueluga is challenging Hall for that starting spot, but Malaluga has had a rough, uh really a rough time trying to even get on the field since signing with the Dolphins a few weeks ago, didn't play in any of the preseason games uh, was reportedly out of shape and overweight, which begs the question how desperate were the Dolphins that they actually signed an overweight and out of shape middle linebacker to contend for, <laughs> for the starting middle linebacker job. It kind of tells you all you need to know about where the Dolphins stand At that position. Uh, So maybe they try to hide Mike Hall in that regard and, you know, try to just uh, shadow uh, Melvin Gordon uh, out of the backfield with, you know, one of their outside linebackers, be it Kiko Alonso or or Lawrence Timmons. Um, But if that's the case, if the Dolphins are paying extra attention to the running backs, to the slot receivers uh, with their linebackers, then, you know, that leaves them vulnerable to the running game, which is somewhere where the Dolphins have really struggled over the past couple of seasons, is stopping the run. And so the onus really goes on the defensive line, which is something that I think that we're going to be saying all year long. Um, this is a defensive line uh, led by Indomitian Sue uh and Cam Wake. Um, they've got some depth that they've added this year with the draft picks of, of Devon Godshow, uh, as well as Vincent Taylor, uh, William Hayes, they specifically brought him in to be a run stopping defensive end. So this will be an interesting first test for him. Um, they used their first round pick on Charles Harris. He had an underwhelming preseason, but now let's see what happens when the lights go on and, and we start playing some real football. But even him, uh, he's a guy known for, for being more of an edge rusher than, than a real run stopper. So I think probably at least for this first week or for these first couple of weeks, I think he's probably going to be more of a situational player than an every down defensive end. Probably something that Dolphin fans don't want to hear uh, after drafting him in the first round is we used our first round pick on a situational player. Uh, I think what you, what you really want out of your first round pick is you want him to be an every down player, somebody that can contribute at a high level every single snap of the game or at least the vast majority of them but also you you don't use your draft picks uh you know you don't evaluate your draft picks based on one year or a couple of weeks of the season just because he starts out his career as a situational player does not mean that five years down the road he isn't a pro bowl defensive end and i'm not saying that he's going to be but i'm just saying it's merely too early to tell so As I went off on that tangent, basically what I'm saying is the onus on the defensive line, I think it's more important, at least in the early stages of this game, for that defensive line to be able to hold up against the run than really putting pressure on Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers is a quarterback that uh, is very adept at getting the ball out early, doesn't take very many sacks, and so... Uh, it doesn't really behoove those uh, ends and tackles to kind of pin their ears back and go after him and leave themselves susceptible to the run, especially if the linebackers and safeties are going to be playing back in coverage, expecting uh, the Chargers passing attack. So I think uh, when the Chargers have the ball, at least early in the game, it's going to be a very interesting chess match, again, to see how the Dolphins try to defend what can be a very balanced Chargers offense. I think the Chargers, they want to pass the ball. And so I think the Dolphins need to make that their their primary objective is stopping that, that short passing game, controlling the middle of the field. Defensive line, though, needs to stay disciplined, needs to fill their gaps and not allow the big runs. Get san diego excuse me the chargers get the chargers into pour down and distance and then when you get them in second and long third and long that's when you can bring in charles harris that's when cam wake on the end pins the ears back and dominican sue can go after can freelance a little bit and you can just see this dolphins defensive line do what they were put together to do which is to wreak havoc on the opposing quarterback now what happens when the Dolphins have the ball? Every year we talk about, or not we talk about, but you hear it in the media uh, going into the season about how the Chargers, uh, the defense is going to be a little bit better. The defense is going to be a little bit better. It's an underrated defense. And they've got talented players, especially their two starting defensive ends, very high draft picks, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. I think this is probably the key for when the Dolphins have the ball. Those two ends against the Dolphins' offensive line, Jawan James on the right side, Laramie Tunsell on the left side, transitioning into his first season as the Dolphins' starting franchise left tackle. He's got his hands full in this matchup. I think the Dolphins will try to make it easy on him. I think, look, let's not forget what this team was last year. The Dolphins' season turned around after a 1-4 and start when the offense started running through Jay Ajayi. With Mike Pouncey healthy, with that offensive line healthy, the Dolphins were an elite running team. And that's everything that they did offensively really centered around that and built off of that. And just because Devontae Parker looks good and they re-signed Kenny Stills and Jarvis Landry's in a contract year, just because they've got all these great weapons and they went out and they signed Julius Thomas, just because their passing offense certainly has the capability of being elite this year, does not mean that that is what this offense will be best served to do. This offense is still best served to be a run first offense, to pound the rock, to force the other team, to put eight guys in the box, to try to stop, to try to b- bottle up Jay Ajayi, and then when they drop that eighth guy in the box, that's when we can really go to work, we can really be balanced on offense, play that cat and mouse game, uh, and really keep defenses off balance. That's why it's so key that Mike Pouncey, uh, coming off of his hip surgery, coming off of the slow rehab, holding him out of practice for so long, slowly bringing him along on this quote-unquote, what is it, Adam Gase called it, the the play 16 plan or something to that effect. Basically, the goal is they're going to be holding Mike Pouncey out of a lot of practices just to, you know, basically a maintenance plan because... Mike Pouncey. They don't need him to practice. What they need Mike Pouncey to do is play 16 regular season games, and then hopefully a few more in the postseason if the Dolphins should be so lucky as to get there. Uh, I expect uh, Jay Ajayi to be the the focal point of the of the game plan on offense. Uh, San Diego. Excuse me, the Chargers. There I go again. I'm telling you folks, I, I apologize, but it's, it's probably going to be all year long. Thankfully, the Dolphins are not in the AFC West and don't have to play the Chargers again. So, and th- this being a Dolphin-centric show and not a, <laughs> and not just an NFL show in general, I probably won't talk much about the Chargers this year after this week. Which I, because I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not going to get it, get it right. I'm going to be saying San Diego. I'm going to be saying LA. I'll probably throw, I'll probably call them the Rams once or twice. Just, just out of confusion. Um, uh, but, but I dig, but I digress. Uh, they, they were okay defensively against the run on Monday night against Denver. Uh, but CJ Anderson still averaged four yards a carry against them and, you know, C.J. Anderson is a is a solid running back, but Jay Ajayi, uh, at least what he was last year, was an elite running back. And I think the Dolphins look at that and they say, look, a, a, a Denver offensive line that was kind of much maligned last season and didn't make a lot of improvements coming into this season was able to run for four yards a carry on this defense. Uh, I think the Dolphins probably have higher expectations than that. I think the Dolphins expect that they'll be able to run the ball. If they're able to run the ball, I think it sets everything up on the outside. Uh, for Landry on the quick hitters, Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills on the outside, uh, down the field, uh, San Diego does have some talent on, in the secondary. Uh, but again, I, I think when it comes to the downfield passing game, uh it's, it's really, it's twofold. It's one. Can the Dolphins keep those ends of San Diego in check with their tackles? Uh, can they keep those ends on their heels by running the ball well? Also, you know, some screens, some draws, always good to, to kind of neutralize a, a really good pass rush. And then, you know, if it, once you get those ends neutralized, look, you get Stills and Parker on the outside. I mean, to me, Parker looks like the kind of guy that he could be covered and you could throw it two and 40 yards down the field. And I still like him to make the play against just about any corner or any safety in the league on a 50-50 ball. And you know, Jay Cutler loves to throw the 50-50 ball. Uh, He's got a whole career of that, and he loves his big targets, whether it's Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey and now Devonte Parker who he calls a fast Alshon Jeffrey so it's exciting to see whether or not we're going to get that breakout my guess is in this game Dolphins will have some success running the ball they will get their offense going and they will be able to score some points on this San Diego excuse me this Los Angeles defense on the flip side though I believe Los Angeles is going to have some, the same kind of success. I think the Dolphins are going to have problems stopping Melvin Gordon in the passing game. We've got some questions at, at the cornerback position and uh, Keenan Allen, a very, very good, very crafty receiver. Um, it'll be an interesting matchup. We're not sure. I don't think the Dolphins are going to shadow him um, with with Xavier Howard or Byron Maxwell. I think they're just going to kind of play their sides. We still don't really even know. It's possible that Alteron Werner ends up being uh, a starter on, on one of the outside uh, corner spots, but you'll, you'll see a lot of Werner. You'll see a lot of Maxwell. You'll see a lot of Howard because uh, you'll see a lot of nickel sets, especially against the San Diego team that likes to do a lot of, uh, of single back with, with Melvin Gordon and is a pass first team. So, what I expect in this game is kind of similar to what we saw last year when these two teams met up, which was really a back and forth game. Um neither defense had very much success against the other. Uh actually last year Ryan Tannehill had a <laughs> had a had arguably his best game of the season against against the Chargers uh last year, made a couple of really good amazing throws. But that was a game that was back and forth. Dolphins were up 21-17, I believe, at the end of the third quarter. And then really the remainder of the game was just, was basically the Chargers driving and then Philip Rivers throwing an interception. The Dolphins making a mistake, turning the ball over, and then Philip Rivers giving it right back. And then Philip Rivers driving them down, and throwing another interception. And of course, the game ended on that Kiko Alonso pick six. Philip Rivers threw four interceptions in the fourth quarter of the game last year. Other than that, the Chargers moved the ball great, but they couldn't come up with points because of the turnovers. I think that this game is going to be similar to that. I think both offenses are going to be able to move the ball. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't think that the Dolphins can rely on Philip Rivers throwing four interceptions again. It, I mean, Philip Rivers is a guy that, I mean, he threw an interception last week. He's a guy that will cough the ball up a couple of times. But four times is a bit much. Uh, he doesn't have very many games where he throws four interceptions. If he did, he wouldn't be uh, still starting in this league after... What, over a decade of being a, a high quality starting quarterback. So I guess it's prediction time. I guess I see a high scoring game, but I love the fact that the Dolphins, who have been in Los Angeles now for over a week and a half now, thanks to the hurricane, they evacuated early, knew that they weren't going to be playing, knew that their next game was going to be against the Chargers. So they got, they've now been in the LA area for a week. And by the time this game kicks off, it will be, it will have been a week and a half. So they've had a week and a half to get acclimated to, to the time difference. So you're not going to see any jet lag that you, you so often see with teams from the East Coast flying to the West Coast. And you're not going to see a tired Dolphins team. You're going to see a, a very fresh leg Dolphins team. And on the other end, you're seeing a Chargers team that's coming off of a short week played You know, arguably the best defense in the league to start the season. So it's a physical matchup. I'm sure the Chargers will be, uh, will be excited to, to have their home opener. And so they'll, they'll have some energy in that regard. But I, I believe the fresh legs of the Dolphins will win out. I, I'm picking the Dolphins to win this game and I'm going to call it 34 to 30. Miami, take it to the bank, take the Dolphins with the money line. I don't know what the over under is, but if it's if it's under 60 points, I think that's I think that's money in the bank. Take the Dolphins. That's my my gambling advice from somebody who who really doesn't gamble very much other than fantasy football. So take it for what it is, but I love the Dolphins this week. I think things really lining up for them to start the season 1 and 0, oh, again like I said earlier, kind of a blessing in disguise. So that's really our breakdown, or my breakdown anyway, of the week one matchup against the Chargers. So I guess the only thing left to do now is do this week in Dolphins history. So this week in Dolphins history, I'm going to take you back to September 19th, 1983, a night game against the Oakland Raiders. The Dolphins trailing 27 to nothing, and with the game out of reach, Don Shula puts in his backup quarterback. He sits David Woodley and he brings in first round draft pick out of Pittsburgh, Dan Marino. Marino gets his first action and throws his first touchdown pass, his first of many. And ushers in a new era of Dolphins football. Not that it was coming off of a bad era since the year before they actually were in the Super Bowl. But an era of Dolphins football in which the Dolphins had one of the most exciting offenses in the league for over a decade. One of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. Some would argue the the best or at least the purest passer in NFL history. Uh, that's a, that's an argument that we could have on a different show at a different time. But what is not debatable was that Dan Marino, certainly one of the 10 best quarterbacks of all time. And that was the beginning of the Marino, of the Marino era, a very exciting time to be a Dolphin fan. And we hope, we hope and we pray that this incarnation of the Miami Dolphins will bring us that kind of excitement. Uh, nobody's going to get Jay Cutler or Ryan Tannehill for that matter if he ends up being our quarterback uh, after he comes back from his injury. No one's going to get either of these guys confused for Dan Marino. But with the weapons, with the running game, this offense has a chance to be special. And we hope that, uh, that they could at least remind us of those days when even if the Dolphins weren't great, they were a fun and exciting watch just about every single Sunday. So we hope, we pray that that's what these Dolphins will become. And we hope and we pray that they'll show us on Sunday just that. And they'll start this season 1-0. and But let's face it, we're not going to be shocked if it ends up 0-1. If they end up up 34-30 and then Philip Rivers takes San Diego on a last second drive to win the game 37 to 34 for the chargers, because let's face it, they would just be the same old dolphins. So until next week, I'm Aaron, the brain for Josh, for amplified to rock for our Twitter. Oh, I've got to, I've got to plug the Twitter. Of course. See, I'm, I'm new at this. So I'm still, I'm still learning the ropes a little bit. So you can follow us on Twitter at same old dolphins. Um, of course, uh, Download, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Give us a listen. Give us a rate. Let us know how we're doing. Send us a, send us a, a DM on, on Twitter. Let us know what you think of the show. Let me know what you think of me, uh, being at the helm here. Was I, was I brutal? Was I great? Was I annoying? Did I talk your ear off? You know, I, I assume if I was really that annoying, you probably wouldn't have made it this far in the show, but you know, let us know how we're doing because at the end of the day, we're here to entertain you. Obviously, we're, we're here to have some fun ourselves, but we want this to be an entertaining show for everybody. So any kind of constructive criticism, we're always open uh, to, to the fans' uh, input and any questions, anything that you want us in particular to spend more time on. You know, let us know and we'll we'll do our best to accommodate. So until next week, I am Aaron the Brain. Let's go, Dolphins. Bye.